electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. David Faber has the morning off. Final day of January. Fed decision on deck. Some wariness around mega cap tech earnings, but more signs of wage disinflation. And does that build the case for a March cut? 10 year 401. Our roadmap begins with tech earnings. Alphabet, Microsoft among the names dragging the NASDAQ and SP lower. CEOs of Boeing and AMD will join us to discuss their respective results. And a Delaware judge strikes down Elon. Musk's $56 billion Tesla pay package. Let's begin with Microsoft and Alphabet set to drag down the tech sector despite beating estimates, light guidance with strong growth from Azure, while Alphabet's ad revenue came in short of expectations. Here's CFO Ruth Porat talking about the parents' outlook on last night's call. The step up in CapEx in Q4 reflects our outlook for the extraordinary applications of AI to deliver for users, advertisers, developers, cloud enterprise customers, and governments globally, and the long-term growth opportunities that offers. In 2024, we expect investment in CapEx will be notably larger than in 2023. Notably larger than 23 when they did 11 billion. This print uh, street was not even at 10. I hope it's going to be larger. They have a lot to do. There's been a very exciting time, as we'll hear from Lisa Sue. I, I think that this is a quarter that well, suddenly we didn't care about Google Cloud. I mean, I was just praying that, that Thomas Curry put up some good numbers. Google Cloud puts up great numbers, and then suddenly we got, we're shadow boxing with other things are doing wrong. They are doing some layoffs. We, yes, do I like how much other bets loses? No. Come on, Ruth. Let's do better on that. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, look, the stock's down because it went up a lot. No, I, I thought it was a very, very good quarter. They, they don't like to specify how much they made in YouTube, which does bother me. I was hoping they'd give us some granularity on the Sunday ticket. They did not. Uh, but this is still a tremendous way to reach customers. Uh, Google Cloud's doing well. If the stock were, uh, this, if the stock had not been pushed multiple times by people who said this is the cheapest of the significant six or whatever, then this wouldn't have happened. So uh, those who want to sell it now, be aware that there weren't any people on Wall Street that really said, you know, what, sell or downgrade. And one of the things that we've learned from the seven or six or whatever you want to call it uh, is, is that unless there are downgrades, unless people come in and they just say, listen, we're selling, then what happens is you just look at the propensity of raised versus lowered and it's uh, five, five raised versus three lowered. So therefore it goes higher. Uh, Not today. Uh, I think it's Bernstein this morning calls all of this the burden of high expectations. Do you think that's what exactly. we're looking at? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Bernstein actually distinguishes himself pretty well in some of these. And I thought that that's exactly what happened here. And uh, those who do not, my chapters are so we, we sold, I, I don't want to say a great deal of it, but it's my least favorite of the significant ones. And that was because it, it ran so much. And because I don't like their advertising model, model as much as I like Amazon's and I like Meta's. Uh, but that said, I was also worried about Google Cloud not doing well. I'm not going to suddenly abandon the thing that drove it down last time, which is Google Cloud being bad. So, Bruce, fine. Uh, if you want to sell it, be my guest. It's probably going to be a mistake. Uh, as for Microsoft, Jim, they're really slicing up the cloud revenue, looking at X, AI, Azure growth, right. and wondering whether or not um, this, the, the push to AI is sort of cutting out other cloud consumption. Well, look, I think that that they they handled themselves very well. They were very methodical. Uh, once again, I, I want to use this ratio theory because it's really worked for me over the years. Uh, Microsoft had many, many people who loved it. Uh, we did not get a a single target lowered. We had uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Analyst firms raise price targets. Yes. They're going to be right. The, the sellers are going to be wrong. Uh, Amy Hood was as confident as I've heard her in many years, the CFO, who is just money. That's her, like, they should just change her name to money. And she is saying, look, everything's going well. They did. They lowballed how much uh, AI is going to do and their AI, the, all the different iterations that they're going to do with Copilot. Uh, they're doing a remarkably 
remarkably well. Uh, we'll speak to Lisa Sue too. They they can use every single high-performance GPU chip because they have that much business. Remarkable. It's just a fantastic quarter. Again, uh, go ahead and sell it. I, I want everyone out of these stocks who doesn't understand what the hell they do. I mean, especially these people who are in these ridiculous ETFs. I mean, you want to create an ETF car? I'll create an ETF that'll be better than all these people because I have genuine hubris today. Well, some of them are going away. We won't get into that part. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I can say, look, I mean, you know, I know if you're an ETF, you don't know the difference between Microsoft or, or Alpha, but these are very different animals. But the, the one thing that we do know is that if you want to have one complaint, it's that when I was out there, they were talking about how what you use the, the use case for is summations. And that was three months ago. And what did they all admit that they use it for? Summations. Like, I was hoping that they would have some new new reason to use it. Uh, but what they did say was, look, we're going to hear what the customers use it for. And then we'll, we'll talk and we'll populate yeah. it that way. Uh, really quick, uh, this is Bernstein as well. This might be a stretch, they say. But one could argue that non-AI Azure growth slowing down bodes relatively poorly for other cloud consumption companies. Is there a read-through for Amazon? No. No, in Oslovsky and uh, and Jassy, uh, they're 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 gunning. I mean, they're not they're taking no prisoners. They, the people who think that they're not going to deliver, I think, are going to be are going to be motivated to say they won't deliver without without looking at the facts. Uh, I would look out for anyone who thinks that Amazon's not ready. Uh, Amazon is the one that's most affiliated with Nvidia, and uh, they're I think they have genuine use cases. I think that they've always been great at inference. Uh, the current uh, H100 is just the king of inference. Uh, they have uh, the remember. There's a big difference. We're going to speak to, to Lisa. AMD does not have the training software that Nvidia has, but it turned out to be much faster than people thought. Uh, and Amazon needs everything, every single chip. That's a company that does that doesn't sound like it's going to miss. Uh, we are going to talk to Lisa Sue in a few moments. It'll be great. Yeah. In the meantime, one of the big non-tech stories today is Boeing and its latest quarter suspending guidance for 24. Our Phil LeBeau is live with the CEO. Morning, Phil. Good morning, Carl. Dave Calhoun, Hi, CEO Phil. of Boeing. Uh, fourth quarter, smaller than expected loss, but it's the guidance for 2024. You're postponing it. When yeah. will you give us guidance for 2024? I say us, investors, guidance for 2024. Yeah. Uh, not surprising, I hope, to anybody. Uh, our full attention, our full focus as a company uh, is to make certain that we never have a safety escape again, learn everything we can from the accident, learn everything we can from the FAA's audit, learn everything we can from the stand down that we had and all the ideas that were given to us by our own people. And that requires all of our attention, all of our energy. This isn't a vote of confidence and not confidence. It's just not the right time. Nobody needs a additional time pressure at this moment. The NTSB initial conclusions are expected any day, maybe within the next week or so. And the early reports that have leaked out say that the bolts were not in the door plug on the Alaska Airlines plane. If that's true, and we don't know if that's the initial conclusions, but if that's true, how does that happen? Yeah, so that's the critical question. Um, I am not going to jump the NTSB. They are going to have a conclusive report. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, the process we use to determine what may have happened or not, uh, it's a very, very, very good process. They, have, they get to take time. They get to look at all of our investigative work and then draw conclusions, and they will publish when they're ready to publish. Every single thing we learn about bolts, every single opportunity for failure that we see by way of all the inspections that are going on every day, our job is to instantly respond to that, which we have been doing at a very steady pace. But I'm not going to call out the conclusions before they get their report out. Understandable. Yeah. But it, you know that people will look at this report if yeah. these reports are true. And the basic question is going to be, but this, this seems like engineering, or not engineering, manufacturing 101. To my original question, how does it happen? How did it happen? If bolts aren't in place, it's a miss. Right? And it may involve one or two or three or four players. At the end of the day, we're trying to get everybody to be perfectly forthcoming, understand exactly how that window opened or didn't. And I, I, uh, I rely on the NTSB and I rely on our own investigators to know the answer to that. And I believe they will and do. Um, and our job is to close it. That's the easiest part of the process, closing that. Honestly, it's, it's now learning everything from 100% inspection. 
that's where we get the hard work and we go to, we go to work immediately. Dave, Jim's got a question for you. Jim? Yeah, Dave, almost 20 years ago, Boeing made a decision, which I think in retrospect was misguided. Save a lot of money, have partners, spin off different companies, actually sell spirit to private equity. Uh, and one of the things that's happened is I think it's been very hard for you to uh, take control uh, of your supply chain. So it's therefore very hard for you to identify what went wrong. Wouldn't it be great to say, listen, our Washington guys didn't put in the bolts well, and we're going to fix that, and we're going to identify who didn't do it right, and they're not going to work for the company. Instead, we, we don't know uh, where it's made, what it's made. If you, uh, you're stuck not being able to tell people when the FAA is going to green light, you can't do that. They're the government. You're also stuck with this idea that you got the supply chain that was really sent you made for Boeing to make more money. That's okay. You're a publicly traded company. What happens if you went to the FAA and say, what do you want? Do you want us to redo the supply chain? Do you want us to take back spirit? Do you want me to take a different role at the company? I want this thing moving. I want to do it, do you say? And then maybe we will leave this kind of moment where we just say, I don't know. Well, I don't know what's going to happen. Give them some choices. Yeah, there's none of the I don't know and this is or that or it's not going to happen. We have a huge team down at Spirit. Uh, Our job is to embrace everybody at Spirit, work constructively to understand where where there are quality opportunities. Uh, They have 12 stations in their line. I've seen them. Uh, Since the time our team has shown up, we've added over 50 inspection points just in that process alone around just this plug. A lot of learning. It will require an enormous uh, investment on our part in terms of people and engineers and interactions. We're going to do it. We're going to learn from it. And yes, uh, the subject of how we interact with all of our suppliers, that will, large, that will be a, a subject that we will be working at for quite a long time. I've got experts helping us with this. Um, I am, I am absolutely convinced that we've got this plug completely under control. That is job one. Uh, and as I said, we're, we're working closely with them. Right, I will me... opine that on the subject of vertical integration. And did it go too far? Yeah, probably did. But I, now it's here and now. And now I've got to deal with it. And we're going to do it with engineers and mechanics working constructively together. All right, but look, yeah, when my father was in World War II in the Pacific and we were losing and uh, we were getting shot down, zeros hit my dad's boat. And then suddenly B-29 appears, B-29 made by Boeing. Not necessarily a perfect plan, but it was made by Boeing. Suddenly we see, let's go fast forward. We got an outfit, Spirit. I don't know who the heck they are. I know that they were spun off. Uh, they're not you. I want Boeing. I don't want Spirit. I don't want to hear that Spirit was involved. I don't know who the hell they are, Dave. I know Boeing. I know the name of a great American company. I want you to have ownership of this. I don't care what the history says. That's recent history. Why don't we go back in time to when you were king? Jim, we own it. There's, there's There's no other answer I can give you. I want everybody, everybody on every airplane to know that Boeing owns it. We own our supply chain. We own spirit. We own the results of our work. We understand that. We really do. Dave, we talked with Scott Kirby at United Airlines last week. You heard the interview, uh, and he told us this is the straw that broke the camel's back. He's not sure that he will get the Max 10s that he needs, and he's thinking about shopping around. They are shopping around to see if it's possible to get some Airbus A321. Have you lost the confidence of your customers? I don't think so. Um, Was this a shot at them? Absolutely. As I say, you... These moments shake all of us to the bone. Boeing, our people, our customers, everybody. So our job is to just restore confidence at every level. But the reach out on the part of our customers to work constructively with us, and they've been a steady parade coming in here, it's been constructive. They want Boeing to win, they want us to succeed. They're gonna learn everything there is to learn about the NTSB report and then some, and they're gonna help us every step of the way. And I am gonna work my tail off, and our team will, to satisfy Scott Kirby. And I am sorry to put him in a position where he has to talk about Boeing when he had a phenomenal quarter. You are not giving your long range guidance. You're not pulling it, but you're not taking, you know, you're not pulling it, you're not reaffirming it. And it has people questioning this morning, is this maybe Boeing's way of saying, we think we can get past this relatively quickly and we can still hit 50 max per month 
in the 25-26 time range. Yeah, is that what yeah. you're saying? The premise is false. I do not want to get through this quickly. I simply want to learn everything there is here to be learned. And I want to implement it, like all of it. So the notion that we're not giving guidance, it has nothing to do with a, a, a decision today other than let's take the pressure off everybody. And then let's, why not, not pull let's not guess when the FAA is going to do their, finish their work or not. I, that's not what I want to do, and it's not the pressure I want to uh, put on our company. Um, so, that's, so that's that. I, I, I'm, I, let's talk about guidance. Let's talk about our, our long-term plans when the time is right. So real quick follow, why not pull it then? Why not say, we're taking it off the table? There's no reason to pull it. It's there. I've told you what we're doing now. We're going to pause as long as we need to pause. Everyone will adjust. And my, my whole focus is we're going to pause as long as we need to pause. Dave Calhoun, CEO of Boeing. Thank you. Wait, he told me there's, what, about 100 more safety inspectors of some sort? Uh, 100 inspection points 100 across inspection points. All, all of this. And still developing. Still developing. Yeah. Guys, we're going to send it back to you. Yeah. Thank you. Phil, appreciate Thank that. You, uh, Phil LeBeau with uh, Dave Calhoun this morning. Jim, page one of the LA Times does cite a former Boeing manager by name saying, I would tell my family to avoid the max. I would tell everyone, really. Yeah, that's extraordinary. Uh, it's extraordinary because we're dealing with a company that was the really the gold standard and that everything else was really brass. I mean, you know, it, Phil, when, when, when Dave Calhoun says he owns it, he doesn't own it. So how do you say you own it? I'm not sure if we have Phil at the moment, uh, but yeah. Okay, I mean, because my problem is this. There was a great decision made by Boeing. And I remember when the decision was made. I, I, was, I, I, I bought a ton of Boeing because, uh, from Chapel Trust because I realized that they got rid of all the, low, the bad stuff, all the stuff where no one was making any money and all these union problems. And suddenly they became an assembler instead of manufacturer. And I thought that was great. And then I looked into the great history of Boeing, went down to the fantastic World War II Museum in New Orleans, really studied Boeing. And what they would never do is let anyone else have part of the process. But when you want to make a lot of money, you do the stuff, you sell it to private equity. I think it was greed that made this thing so Dave Calhoun has inherited a machine that he is not in charge of. By former regimes at Boeing. Yeah, who, <laughs> by the way, I applaud it because I never thought that it would end up killing people. I never thought it would end up with doors flying. I mean, I figured they had control, but they didn't. They and is it, control. is it that inheritance aspect that you think is the reason why Calhoun's still in the spot? If I were in front of the FAA, I would say, you know what? You never used to give us trouble. We've analyzed. See, I think a lot of guys always want to look forward. But Bishop Tutu, not that we should invoke anybody, but some, one of the wisest men I've ever met, said, you know what? You need to do root and branch when something's wrong. Root and branch means you look at the history, you pull the root, get rid of the branch, become a better company, become a better country, become a better religion, get rid of apartheid. Mm -hmm. He told me these at dinner. I was like, holy cow, root and branch. It works when you have a tragedy like Boeing, too. Look back. Don't just look forward. That's for cowards. We'll talk more about it. Uh, and there's so much more to get to today. We'll get to, to Elon Musk and this $56 billion pay package voided by a Delaware judge. We'll get details later on. A first on CNBC interview with AMD's Lisa Sue on her latest results. We'll get to Starbucks, Paramount, Mondelez, Walmart, Novo, MasterCard, and more when we return. <laughs> for more than a decade, Comcast has been committed to bridging the digital divide and connecting millions to affordable high-speed Internet. But the barriers to get connected go well beyond affordability. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to reach millions with digital skills training, resources, and opportunities needed to succeed in a digital world. Project Up, building a future of unlimited possibilities. Learn more at Comcast.com slash Project Up. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. 
You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Tesla shares lower in the pre-market as a Delaware judge voided Elon Musk's 2018 pay package worth more than $56 billion, ruling that Tesla's board failed to prove the compensation plan was fair. Musk took to X following the order, writing... Never incorporate your company in the state of Delaware. Uh, and Jim, you had some thoughts on this as well about, uh, is it about the amount of money or the disclosure no, here? I, I think it, that if they had disclosed properly, but it's something that, that uh, Judge uh, Kathleen McCormick would say that the board wouldn't. If they had disclosed that almost every board member is compromised, uh, that everyone's made a lot of money from him, uh, that therefore they can't necessarily be as independent as you may like, and understand that's who crafted the pay package along with Musk, and there was no opposition to each other. They were done together, and if you still like it, then you can vote in favor of it. Then the process would have been okay. Obviously, the eight these companies that screen these things were appalled by how much it was. Uh, a lot of, I think, people who don't know the process, or maybe the process of Delaware, would say, wait a second, he made a lot of money. So we made a lot of money, and we wish everybody had that. Uh, but the fact is, is that the company, uh, did not analyze a particularly crude form of Delaware law, which said there was no give without a get. Well, what did, what did Tesla get after doing the give? And the answer is they got a guy who already had a lot of stock, so he didn't need to have more stock. Now, in retrospect, he went and bought, letter, he went and bought X. Uh, therefore, the economics went down, so suddenly he has far less stock. And then suddenly we get to the discussion out of nowhere. Way I went 25. Well, in retrospect, it was almost like he was prepping us for recognizing he might lose this lawsuit because now he doesn't have enough. He can go to Texas, but what he really has to do is go to the shareholders. He doesn't have a package right now. Right. He's likely to appeal this as well. Um, do you Good think? Good luck. I mean, you know, these just, these are heavyweight. These yeah. are heavyweight. Now, it's a 200-page ruling. By the way, uh, if someone wants to learn about how people get, get paid or overpaid in this country, you should read the ruling because I think there are a lot of people in the country who might just say, this was the most deserving man to ever get this money. I wish that we had other CEOs who were aligned. But the just, the, that's not the issue. The issue is you voted on a package and you didn't know that the package was so-called corrupt. And uh, I thought it was, given the state of the law, I don't know, maybe Texas just says, hey, listen, here, here's the disclosure. We looked at it. And it wasn't just, uh, wasn't, wasn't just Elon Musk's divorce lawyer. <laughs> she uses that. She uh, mentioned that a bunch it, of times. And then the divorce lawyer did. I mean, there's every, it is so dripping with cynicism that it is just dynamite. And it's so, Musk, you want cynicism? You want craziness? You want Looney Tunes? And you want rigor? Here it is, 200 pages with partner. Enjoy. Yeah. She calls the process deeply flawed. You, are, you, are you watching the discussion of whether or not Tesla should worry about his involvement from here I on am. out? You are. I am, because I think the Neuralink, if I were, I, you never want to say if you're Musk, because Musk is the greatest inventor of our time. But I mean, there's a car, which is a robot on wheels. And then there is saving millions of people's lives by learning how to put a chip in people's head that no one's ever been able to do. I think I think it's a higher calling than the Model Y. You will be okay if he leaves to go run Neuralink full time? No, I, he spent a lot of time talking about wanting to put a man on Mars, and that's why I need the package. Now, that should not matter. You might put a man on Mars. I, mean, I might put a man on uh, Jupiter, man, and I really need a lot of money. But he talks about doing bigger things. And I thought, look, this Neuralink, maybe it's because I did the Brain Foundation Gala yeah, last yeah. year. I just, I got to tell, I mean, not that he listens to the show, but that's unbelievable. And it would be great if he saved people's brains as opposed to just made it so we could get from point A to point B. We're going to talk more about it, especially given the street's reaction to GM yesterday and what that's done to the EV theme. Yeah, yeah. By the way, uh, take a look at Capitol Hill this morning. There's Linda Yaccarino of X as the social media chiefs are going to testify today on the Hill, including Meta, TikTok's there as well. We're yeah. going to take a lot of that live. Good. On an important day uh, for the information economy in this country. In the meantime, a lot more to get to on a busy day for earnings and the Fed on deck. Don't go away. The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now... It's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. 
While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Let's get Kramer's mad dash as we wait for the opening bell. I often talk, as even at the top of the show, that you want to see how many price target cuts versus raises. Uh, the ratio, very bad for Starbucks. Five target cuts, one up. But unlike most of the companies that came in hot, this one came in cold. It was in the low 100s, and this thing then cratered to 89.90. Uh, and I think that what they were saying was, you know what, these are bad. Not as bad as you think when you bump, when you dumped our stock, and we're going to get better, not necessarily instantly. The problems here, just so people understand, are both are twofold. Uh, China and, and Luxembourg and Simon basically saying, listen, China, it's the economy, and there's a lot of companies that are selling cheaper coffee, and they're having a little inroads right now, but the high end's doing well. And then the United States, the problem was a misguided uh, attempt by pro-Palestinian people to link Starbucks to um, Middle East issues that was probably a specious move. And that caused the occasional drinker in the afternoon to pull back. Uh, I know January wasn't that strong, but I know that, that Luxman is assuring us that the long term is good, which is why the stock's having a very good run, because the brand is good, the products are good, the gross margins are good, the execution is superb. And I believe, my chapter trust owns that we've been buying the stock, that it will come back. Don't get too excited, because he's not saying anything's going to turn that soon. Yeah. Uh, mobile, now 30% of all transactions. Right. Uh, and record gift card load, $3.6 yeah, that helps billion. Dollars. Yeah, it always helps if you don't cash them in. I got <laughs> I got one from someone a couple years ago, and it's like sitting on my desk, I never cashed it in. But I, I like the execution. What I don't like is if we're really coming out of the, you know, October was incredibly strong. And then you had uh, Israel invading yeah. Gaza, yeah. and then you had the, uh, the backlash. I would have thought maybe the backlash had died down and the United States would come back. The, the, the consistent buyer, the loyal buyer, never, came, never quit. But the occasional hasn't been back yet. That has to come. And then China had a major step down. And I, I think China's, we might hear from Apple, uh, China's not doing well in any way, yeah. shape, or form. No, uh, well, November traffic was down uh, negative single digits and then rebounded in December. But your point about China, Jim, is good where, let's see, uh, Starbucks China comps up 10, but average ticket down nine. Yeah, and we were looking for plus 17. So uh, China is right now the Achilles heel. The good news is. You can slow up in a lot of stores and do well. But we know from the history of retails is that if that's how you make your numbers, then underneath there's not strength. Now, in, in Nara Simmons' favor, this man knows how to make coffee. Uh, and he is introducing new coffees everywhere. I don't want to minimize what he's doing for the company because that will end up making it so that he makes a lot of money. And he's very confident, and I think he deserves that. I don't think he came in at a really difficult moment. He came in at a real frying pan moment. <laughs> uh, and uh, I think he's going to not go into the fire. I think it's, I think it's good. Jim, I, I like it. I just think, you know, like, come on, it's up three. I mean, today may not be a great day. Yeah. Give it a chance to come down and then move it back up. We are holding 4,900, though, Jim. And um, I know you've got some you're, – you're on not a MAG-7 uh, framework now, but a MAG-6, right? Super 6. Yeah. You know, look, I, I, look, I thought it was great that Elon said, listen, we go to – maybe we go to Texas. What I most feared – was that one of the central tenets of the judge's ruling in Delaware was he was never going anywhere. What's the deal? And then the other day he starts making these things. Oh, I like that. Uh, and the other day uh, he starts. That's cool. <laughs> you didn't cow. know about that? <laughs> no. Was that Celsius? I like Celsius because of that curious Dow taste. It's combinations, but I think it's some Dow, some Dupont, a little Lionel basil, and I love it. It's fantastic. But Lionel basil. But I, I, look, I, I don't know. I, I find that it, that it, if if, if, if Rupp Musk just makes one comment, which just says, you know what, I'm really more turned on by space in the brain. 
I think people are going to freak out because what they're going to say is I lost in Delaware. My pay package is not going to come for a long time. I need to accelerate the uh, satellite business so it can come public. Sure, sure. I need the money. How about uh, Morgan Stanley last night? Adam Jonas on GM. The legacy auto business is short the EV theme. Selling fewer EVs is good for profit. Well, I think that the big worry, if I were GM or Ford, is California. Like, what happens if California says, okay, it's not working fast enough? You're not going to be able to sell ice in California after 2030. That's the only thing that's going to stop them. I wonder how Ford's doing. Ford is the best hybrids. Ford also had the most problem with EVs. And uh, Ford has some warranty problems. Ford has a lot of cash. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, you know, uh, EVs are poison. Uh, meantime, as far as Mag 7 talk goes, Savita Subramanian of B of A on Squawk today has the Mag 85, where her theory is rates come, money market rates come down. Yeah. A wall of money, she says, moves into equity income, utilities, real estate, right. areas that dead. Y- you buy it or not? Well, I mean, what do we do? Like, how about the 300 Spartans? I mean, you know, give me a break. They Mag 85. They're not magnificent if there's 85 of them. <laughs> there's no Polk or two there, pal. Here's, here's what I think the, the problem with that is that we get very excited about Wells and J.P. Morgan, and then the next show, someone says, hey, AMD's down 25, and they're crushing it. Go back. I mean, we, we can't resist. Remember, January was all, all MAG, not MAG 85. MAG 85 listed work from November 1 to Jan, Jan 1. Yes. Maybe we go back. I mean, I love the 85. Did she, like, are there, like where's Brunswick? Is that it? I mean, yeah, that's great. It's like a cross republic. So your point is old habits die hard. Oh, my God. Old habits because they've been lasting since, since 2012. Right. I mean, just, by the way, I love it that Ruth Porat doesn't have I mean, I wish people understood. Like, you're, when you're in the room with Ruth, and I happen to have tremendous respect for Ruth. My wife knows. I said, like, oh, my God, there's Ruth. She's in the room. I mean, you're talking with a titan, a heavyweight. But I read the notes. like, well, Ruth Porat doesn't know what she's doing. Ruth Porat doesn't know what she's doing? I mean, Ruth Porat may be the smartest person I have ever met other than Jensen Wong. So I am not going to say she doesn't know what she's doing. Jim, before we get to Lisa Sue, two names I want to definitely get to. One is Paramount and Byron Allen confirming his bid, uh, where he ostensibly would sell the studio, some IP, some real estate, and keep TV and streaming. Thoughts on that? Well, how's he done on the other things that he's bid? Did we put quote marks around his bid? Look, I think it makes sense. I, I feel that they're, um, I love their international football package. I think it's terrific. Uh, but I think that Maybe it's, it could be something you get started with, but the stock would be much higher if it was being taken seriously. Right. Uh, there's Walmart and a, the three-for-one oh, split. I'm so glad you brought that up. See, Walmart, first of all, you know I'm very fond of Walmart, both the CEO and the team, and I love going to my Walmart. And the one thing I love is that they, Sam Walton always felt people should get stock, and he didn't like fractional stock. He's right. Uh, there's been some studies going out, out that we saw today that if you split a stock, yeah, the Morgan up. Stanley, it's, that was an amazing. It's piece. been pretty good. Yeah, I, it's time for the uh, a lot of the retail companies to say, who are we really trying to have as shareholders? Are we trying to have big hedge funds and we make it easy to go in and out because the, the, the commission is lower per share, or do we want individuals? And if we want individuals, do what do what what Walmart's doing. Uh, Walmart is true to its word. It, it's I think Walmart's such a great company, and they care about this, and it's the, it's Sam Walton's legacy, and a lot of the companies would just say, well, that's so stupid, now the institutions won't buy it. I, it's $448 billion. <laughs> I, I think mean, the B of A note today is brokers rejoice. Right, <laughs> right. This. Look, I think there's been, I remember when Dick Grass was here, I used to talk about, boy, everyone should split, because when you split, it gets new investors in. And then we got to this period where people just said individuals don't care anyway, and they just do three TFs. That's going to be wrong. We're going to work very hard on these companies to make them so they split. Much smaller scale. Uh, we got some weakness in the KRE on this New York Community Bank. Charge-offs were much larger than expected. Right. Uh, I think it's related to some signature it stuff. It is signature. It puts them in another category that they didn't expect to be in, so they have to cut the dividend. It's very grim. Uh, I know Barry Sternlich yesterday said there's a trillion-dollar hole. Yeah. Um, I think Barry's terrific. Enough. Enough. This is that SL Green's going to go out of business. I mean, no, just stop it. Stop scaring people. I don't like people who scare people, okay? Stop it. Stop it. I know it's exciting. I used to do that when I was younger. Oh, let's scare some people. I used to be a hatchet manager. I remember when someone said, listen, I need a negative article about Archibald Cox, who's probably the most revered person in the experience. I know you'll do it. You're a hatchet man. No, I'm out of that game. And we're glad. Yeah, I mean, I was scared. Yeah, I did that, and I got people out. 
I said, if you need money in the next five years, take your money out. One of the greatest calls ever. The market then dropped 5,000 5, <laughs> so 5, I, I was on that morning. Yeah, and yes. all people remember is what, what yes. yeah, I crucified Jim Cramer upon across the gold. Yeah. William James Bryant. Oh, my God. Do we have her really? I we think got we're Lisa good. Sue? All right. Speaking of heroes, I hope you didn't hear that I said Jensen Wong is only spawn. AMD shares fallen after the company issued weaker guidance than the street wanted. Results for the fourth quarter, though, were in line with expert. These don't tell the story. This is an amazing story. I am so glad the CEO, Lisa Sue, joins us now because, Lisa, you used a number last night. It's freaking everybody out. You said, oh, by the way, hello. Right. But I'm good sorry. Morning, you think I have time for that hello you. nonsense. Hello to Dan, too. It's Daniel, you. Okay, all great. The, you used a number called a $400 billion total addressable market for accelerated computing, your kind of a computing, in 2027? Now, Lisa, that presumes that there's going to be an industrial revolution that will be bigger than, than Microsoft, uh, than Wintel, bigger than the iPhone, bigger than the Loom. How's that possible? Well, first of all, it's great to be here with you, Jim. Nice to see you guys and, and Carl as well. Look, um, I think we are in an amazing time. I'm so excited to be in this space. You know, high-performance computing is driving everything that we do. And AI in particular, Jim, the $400 billion TAM in 2027 is about changing the way we do everything. So think about you know, what AI is. It's a once in, I would say it's the most important technology that has come over the last 50 years. It's an opportunity for us to change um, everything that we do, how we live, how we do business, how we do research, how productive we are, how we ensure that you know, we have the best capabilities. And really, you know, every single person's life is gonna be touched by AI. So yeah, I feel like this is a huge market opportunity. And we've spent the last few years positioning AMD as an AI company, and we've made significant progress in that um, you know, here in the fourth quarter, as well as coming into 2024. So, um, I'm really excited about our AI opportunity. Okay, I think one of the problems, Lisa, maybe why there was some pushback, is other than, say, in the Microsoft call, which we have a fabulous relationship, by the way, congratulations, they like the MI300, your chip. Uh, what, what bothers me is, is that, look, there's uh, Amy inside, Amy Hood and, and Sasha Nadella talking about how, well, we use it for summations. I think a lot of us are concerned. In our daily lives, we don't know how it's going to change us. Uh, and uh, so how will it? You know, I think it's still um, quite new. If you think about, um, you know, some of the applications that are out there, first of all, you know, uh, for AI to work, we really have to, you know, train these large models. These, these models get much better um, over time. I think everyone has seen what ChatGPT can do, uh, the fact that you can, you know, get so much information in such a short amount of time. Now imagine incorporating that into every aspect of how you run a business, every aspect of how um, you, know, you make decisions um, in businesses, um, how you do research and make that more efficient, how you get better healthcare, and the fact that it'll make your doctors more, uh, more capable and more efficient, it'll make all of those processes easier. We're just at the very beginning, and the work that we're doing is we're really building, let's call it um, the foundation, sort of the processing and the compute capability that will enable us to train these models. And then also when you ask ChatGPT a question, it needs to have very powerful computers so that it can answer you as fast, as, as effectively as possible. So that's what we're doing. And I would okay. say we're at the very, very early innings of right, well, this there, um, compute there, revolution. I'm sorry. The reason I start with the $400 billion total addressable market is there is a sense that there's only going to be one winner. There's going to be NVIDIA, and they'll have the H200, which is going to be faster. It's easily, it trains better, and you've got an older system by that point. Uh, if it's $400 billion, and if there's a lot of companies that are embracing yours, then what I think to say is, is that there is so, so much room for everybody to make a lot of money. Am I being too bullish, and is it really zero-sum, and I'm missing the point? No, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, if you think about just how much progress has been made just over the last 18 months in the industry around AI, and then with AMD, you know, we ramped, we launched our MI300 uh, here just in December, and, you know, we said we were going to do over $400 million of revenue. We exceeded that. We said we were going to do $2 billion of revenue in 2024. And we've now updated that to over three and a half billion dollars in revenue. Uh, we have dozens of customers who are, um, you know, really using MI300 in their um, in their data centers and really, you know, getting um, a lot of capabilities out of that. So this is the very beginning, and I completely agree with your point. With such a large market, 
you're going to need a lot of different solutions. And we love the partnerships that we have. These are partnerships that, as, um, as you know, we've built great partnerships with our server product, Epic, uh, through the Italian cities. And now we're adding um, our Instinct and our MI300 portfolio. Hey, Lisa, there's a lot of work being done right now trying to figure out whether or not uh, the AI push is already making itself seen in productivity or a wave of layoffs. Others argue it's really right now at least more about supply chain healing and being at full employment. When you see stuff like that, what is your take? You know, my take is uh, we are definitely seeing the stages where AI is making um, us more productive. We're using AI, you know, throughout uh, the work that we're doing um, even internally at AMD, when we think about how we design chips, um, how we market better, um, how we you know, have better processes. Um, I think a lot of enterprises are starting to figure out how they use it, and it will definitely make us more productive going forward. I don't see it as you know, layoffs per se. I see it as making knowledge workers just that much more productive, and you know, that can only be good for our overall economy and, and how we you know, get more efficient and effective. All right, so Lisa, I do want to deal with some of the, what I regard as transitory issues. Uh, there's some slowdown in some of the Xilinx business. When I went back and looked at the fourth quarter of 221 uh, from Xilinx when it was independent, it was this, actually the same amount of revenue as now, which I found disappointing. And then also uh, the significant weakness in gaming. Is that a uh, transitional or is that something that is a secular decline that I should be worried about? Yeah, no, thanks for that, Jim. I think it's important for people to understand, you know, the semiconductor industry uh, has gone through, you know, just a lot of lift. I mean, think about the pandemic-driven demand. Uh, we were building for a very, very significant demand. We saw significant growth. And what happens in those periods is um, you also get a situation where, you know, customers have uh, perhaps purchased um, a bit more than they need in the short term. And so there's a little bit of, a, you know, customers normalizing their inventory. There is, um, you know, nothing that is uh, fundamental about this. Frankly, I'm very excited about the Xilinx business. We've made tremendous progress in design wins across the board. People love our portfolio, the fact that we're taking sort of you know, the leadership FPGAs of the Xilinx business together with the embedded processing um, from our um, you know, um, AMD um, you know, processing capability. Uh, we saw actually design wins last year grow by over 25%, and so over $10 billion of new design wins. We're absolutely gaining share in the market. And yes, this is a transitory, let's call it first half of the year. Uh, we expect a bit more you know, sort of a, you know, correction from a, a customer inventory standpoint, and then we'll return to growth in the second half. Lisa, how about an update on hiring, retention, comp, whether or not there's a sufficient labor pool uh, to continue to grow this part of the business? Yeah, we're absolutely focused on continuing to grow um, overall. We're investing in R&D. You know, the work that we do uh, really extends over uh, sort of the decisions that we make today are, are really, you know, roadmap for the next three to five years. Um, I think there's a good pool, you know, especially for AI talent. It is a very competitive market. Um, but, you know, we're doing very exciting things at AMD. Right, I just want to go over, finally, uh, what we might be regular people might see as the first AI. You've got a leg up on everyone when it comes to the PC AI. You did not call a bottom in the, in the, right now, but you did say the second half could be strong. We know that Intel is, let's put it in the category of not as bad as it used to be. Will you be able to keep a high-end PC AI relationship uh, between, say, you and HP uh, working closely with Microsoft? Because this could be the first interaction that regular people have with AI. That's such a great point, Jim. Um, I really like the AI PC category. I believe that you know AI is everywhere, from you know, sort of the largest clouds to you know the, the endpoints and PCs. And you're absolutely right. AI PCs are something that you know we can all look forward to as uh, you know making ourselves more productive. Uh, we are absolutely leading in this category today. Uh, we've shipped millions of AI PCs. I think we have you know over 90% of um, the current uh, market of AI PCs is AMD. Uh, we're absolutely uh, driving that roadmap significantly over the next uh, couple of quarters. So we're excited about the work we're doing together with Microsoft, together with our largest OEM partners like HP and Lenovo. And it's a wonderful opportunity for us. Uh, I look at this as it's only going to keep getting better. So as excited as I am about the 2024 opportunity, um, I actually look at this as a multi-year opportunity for us to continue to make you know, AI PCs as well as you know, AI data centers much, much more productive. Well, um, when I met you, the stock was at five. You said similar things. 
Uh, I was skeptical until it got to eight, and then I realized <laughs> I better get on board. Uh, I'm skeptical at 167 till I get on board right now. Lisa Sue, CEO of AMD. I'm so so glad that you came on. Great to see you. Thank you. Thank you Absolutely. so much, Jim. Absolutely. Uh, stock actually uh, climbed a bit during that conversation, Jim. Well, I mean, look, the, the analysts were very skeptical of the gigantic total adjustable market. I think that Lisa Sue doesn't ever, she has never overpromised and underdelivered my years. You know, when she schooled me, and by the way, it was schooling, it was at, it was at Polo. And I was like, God, I hope nobody hears because like, she's basically <laughs> just saying, listen, when you stop being an Intelliholic and actually listen to facts, you may understand that our stock is going higher. Uh, she's always been one to admit if something's really wrong. She did say that there's a pause in, in, uh, in the gaming cycle. She did say that she wants to stick by uh, the embedded, even though the revenues were the same in 2021 as they are now. Uh, but the amount of business she's doing is a lowball figure. The 3.5 lowball figure. She'll do more. Uh, there are some bench testing versus NVIDIA that I think people as a Forbes a bench, a bench test that makes it seem like NVIDIA's better. Now, NVIDIA's loaded with software. But the fact is the clients love, they love this MI300. Who am I to tell Nadella? Hey, Nadella, you know what? I was doing some benchmarking and NVIDIA's faster. Well, what the heck do right, I know? Right. Uh, by the way, Chicago PMI came in roughly in line, just a little bit below expectations, Jim. Uh, we did get a halt and a resumption of trade on NYCB. Yeah, that was just, they, they really should have thought it. But let's put it this way, when, when J.P. Morgan bought Republic, that was smart. Yeah. Uh, but you buy Signature and uh, you kind of didn't know what you're getting into and they seem to be a little bit over their skis. So it doesn't but. resuscitate your fears about what happened last spring, for example. No, no, what, what it says to me is, uh, not all banks are equal. Some are more equal than others. And they, these guys are, are not equal to J.P. Morgan. They don't know what they look. They bid up more than you. It happens a lot of in, in 1990. There were a lot of banks that bought other banks. And they didn't realize that they were really buying bad right, banks. Right. Let's get those precise uh, Chicago PMI numbers with Rick Santelli. Morning, Rick. Six point oh is what the January read on Chicago PMI is. But. 48 was expected, but maybe the most interesting feature is this means 12 out of the last 13 releases have been under 50. This is the weakest level since October, and we've only had one reading above 50 going all the way back to August of 22, and that reading was last November. You see interest rates moving lower. This is another reason why, weaker data. We had really strong confidence, but it really flies in the face of a lot of other data fronts that we've been covering. We also saw the size of the quarterly refunding for threes, tens, thirties is up. Two billion more for threes, two billion more for tens, one billion more for thirties, even though yields go down. Counterintuitive, it's most likely about the Fed. Later on today, expect some action, and we're back to Carl. Appreciate that. Uh, by the way, busy day for Rick and all of us. Uh, ECI nine tenths, uh, Jim, as you know, yeah. wages are less of a pressure at least. And yet, interest here we go again. They're uh, tame. Interest rates are tame. Got another three handle on the ten year, back to three nine five yeah, today. Well, this is uh, the uh, the non mag eighty five. What was it? The yes, the mag eighty five. B of A. Yeah, B of A with the mag eight. You know, this is one where you really got to go to ChatGPT and you say, please come up with something better than mag eighty five, and it will come up with something much better. That's what she needs to do. I'm sorry that that's just good. Good summarize, please. Um, ADP, by the way, also one hundred seven, uh, looking for one fifty. Uh, we'll see what that means for Friday's jobs number. As for Washington D.C., we mentioned the social media chiefs on the Hill. Uh, take a look at Mark Zuckerberg making his way uh, into uh, the room. Uh, Linda Yaccarino of X already is in there, the head of TikTok. We saw a moment ago, Jim. I wonder, um, where do you think the line of questioning goes on some of this? Well, I, I, look, I think that when you've been grilled the way Mark was on this, you, you kind of know where to go. Uh, there's always some smoking gun that is an alleged smoking gun. I think that they've tried really hard to get this right. The American people have moved on. The uh, Congress hasn't. Uh, we'll see how, how educated they are on that process. Yeah. Uh, it's been checkered in I, the past. And I think that Mark will, I don't know, my times I talk with him, I think he'll, he'll not be as, I, I don't want to use the word disrespectful because he wasn't disrespectful. I think he'll be more uh, collegial and therefore helpful uh, as opposed to Elliot. 
We're going to get uh, some of that hearing uh, coming up in the next hour. Uh, meantime, we mentioned bonds lower across the curve uh, this morning with another three-handle on the 10-year as a result of the ECI number, maybe the Chicago PMI number, ADP. Of course, all leading up to the Fed decision this afternoon at 2 p.m. Eastern time. Back in a minute. Get to Jim and stop trading. So many headlines out of this Nova Nordisk quote, Nova Nordisk, the biggest company in Europe. Uh, this company has been Wigovi, which is similar to Manjaro, which is similar to Zepbound. Uh, no one knew that. Knee osteoarthritis, they have something, it works for that. Now, what does this say? This is better than ShamWow. Uh, 365 million people, including myself, have this. They finally have something. It makes it so that your knees, maybe I could run again. I was at one point a great runner. I haven't been able to run in 15 years. But osteoarthritis. It works. Uh, what amazing. kind of magic? What is this thing? Uh, with Lily's market cap now twenty billion uh, above Tesla's. Not a fifty million, fifty yeah. billion year here. I mean, like, what? Give it a Musk. Take the twelfth tranche. Jim, how about tonight? You got to read that. That that thing reads great. I got Thermo Fisher night and oh, Otis. Nice. Uh, Otis, by the way, this is just that genius of splitting up. Uh, uh, Raytheon, United Technologies, and Judy Marks is just crushing. Or as my colleague Ben Soto says, hey, it goes up, it goes down. Uh, double beat. Uh, that is a good-looking chart on Otis. Oh, today. the yep. chart is so great. Yep. Yeah, man, she goes to China more than anyone else. We'll find out what China's doing. Maybe she grabs a couple of Starbucks there to help the numbers. Good show, Jim. Yeah, we'll see you tonight. Good. Crazy uh, town. Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern <laughs> Time. Take you back to Senate Judiciary, live with the CEOs of Meta, Snap, TikTok, and others. Don't go away. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.